This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network, my latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis. Taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. In this episode, I'm joined by Gabe Gums. Gabe is the Chief Innovation Officer at Spirion. He heads the Spirion product development team. In this episode, we consider some of the challenges around data in the age of coronavirus, some of the top questions he and his team are hearing, some of the trends that have been amplified as a result of COVID-19, and what Spirion's data discovery agent can bring to help in these areas. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. And today I have with me Gabe Gums. Gabe is, I believe, Chief Innovation Officer at Spirion. And he is going to help us think through what are some of the issues around cybersecurity as we move from the health crisis phase of coronavirus to the uh, reopening and uh, whatever the the next phase of of this journey of 2020 is. So, Gabe, first of all, uh, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks for having me on. So, Gabe, what are the maybe the three top questions you and your team at Spirion are hearing from your customer base during the time of the coronavirus health crisis and uh, the economic dislocation? One of the top questions was how do we enable and empower our workforce to be able to securely handle data as they now move to a work from home, move to a work from home uh, uh, setup. Many organizations, although we we've lived in a largely boundaryless digital world, which is to say, you know, a lot of things have moved to the cloud. Uh, Well, now we've, we've equally pushed a lot of that concentric information out into people's home environments and onto their, their endpoints in those, in those places. So the questions around how do we safely continue to conduct business as that data now has found its way outside of just the core of the organization. So our, um, so my wife, I'd worked from home for years, but my wife uh, now works from home. And uh, are those types of conversations not occurring at people that uh, you would typically work with? But is that message being uh, transcended down and communicated down to the individual employees working from home? It is in different ways. And uh, I, I do end up in some cases uh, working directly with some of these folks. It's always very important for me. You mentioned my, my title or function there as innovation officer, understanding what problems the businesses are, are needing to solve for. Those conversations are starting to make their way down. A lot of them in terms of just basic education and, and further helping uh, the workforce understand how they should be handling that data. Gabe, as we move from the um, perhaps the first phase or at least the first two months of the coronavirus health crisis into this reopening, are the challenges changing or are new challenges appearing? Or are they just kind of growths from the, the prior challenges you talked about? It's all of the 
Well, uh, there's there's certainly one challenge in particular that uh, that is growing, if you would, which is the sharing of health information. <clears throat> so we've been sharing health information for a long time, so long, in fact, that back in 1996 we adopted uh, HIPAA, which stands for Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. The P in there being very important: the portability, the ability to move that data around, that health data around. Well, as as we enter into this next phase of of, uh, of of COVID, et cetera. There are a number of there are a number of different data sharing activities that are occurring all around health data. Everything from contact tracing to just medical research and a lot of anal- anal- analysis of data. So that problem is amplified now at the moment. There's no shortage of other challenges that have equally made their way in, in into into the world today as well. Um, it is. It is a census year, and uh, that equally meant that universities and, and institutions of the like have to report on on living data back to to DHS, so the Department of of, uh, of Health and Human Services. And so, as students are affected by this as well, and as, as people aren't going to same campuses, or maybe they're they're now transitioning to different types of, of work environments and, and schooling environments, the sharing of that information has also changed. So there's there's a lot of new challenges, but there's a lot of old ones that are now just magnified. So that's uh, fascinating. Um, does HIPAA provide any sort of framework or perhaps even kind of theoretical guidance for the conversations that you're engaging in now? You're the first person I've heard tie the original HIPAA into perhaps where we are now and where we may need to take this extraordinarily sensitive health data that corporations are now obtaining. The good news is HIPAA does have some things already tied in this. Again, having been around since 96, it's had some time to, to, to really get some of the kinks out of the system. And one of those things is around how do we securely share that, that personal data? So they have very explicit guidelines around how one can de-identify and anonymize data sets prior to sharing them for, for research purposes, et cetera. So they, they very carefully articulate what a de-identified data set looks like versus one that isn't and how to ensure that that data set can't be re-identified either intentionally or or, or unintentionally um, based on, on what the output of it is. So th- there are there are resources around those that HIPAA ha- and guidance that HIPAA has been providing for quite some time. So as we move... Um into the uh, reopening now and trying to do business literally across the globe from home, are there uh, yet another set of challenges that uh, you're having to uh, counsel people on, or at least in your community, you're having discussions around beyond the the personal uh, health data and the the basic cybersecurity issues you've already uh, told us about? You know, I'm sure there are some uh, some additional conversations on the periphery that might pop into mind, but I'll tell you that these two in particular dominate the conversation. How do we how do we ensure we know what sensitive information our employees are handling um, now that they they aren't directly tied to the corporate environment the way they were? And how as a business do I continue to to use and transact on this data, monetize the data even, um, while doing so in a way that allows us to stay within the the boundaries of compliance, but that also does now allow us to share those things for the greater general purpose of uh, community health. As um, states are reopening uh, on a uh, um, tiered or a multi-phase basis, 
Uh, you're in Florida. I'm in Texas. Our states opened perhaps faster than than New York, Massachusetts, or California. Uh, how are you advising clients to think through not the reopening phases, but the differences in uh, data privacy requirements? Do you advise just taking the most stringent and, and utilizing that across the country, or uh, can you actually actually do a managed risk approach for multiple mm, states? It's a good question. So the number one bit of, of counsel I give them is from a data classification perspective, you have to ensure that you're using some form of, of what we call a privacy-grade classification system, right? Which means that you're able to classify data based on its process, its purpose, and preference. And the reason why these three classifications are very important is that regardless of what happens six months from now, 12 months from now, 18 months from now, if you've classified data based on its process, namely, how do I use this how do I how do I use this information as part of a business process? Is that business process one that's tied to HR activities or it's one that's tied to order fulfilling activities versus how, what is the purpose for having this data in the first place? Is it data that is associated with research or data that I bought or sold with a third party as well as classifying it based on preference? Namely, does the individual that now under GDPR and CCPA have the right to, to data erasure? Have they... Have they notified us as such that this information needs to be? And if it's health data, for example, how do I make sure that the preference of, of protected health information is classified as such? If you are purposefully classifying data right now based on process, purpose, and preference, regardless of what happens throughout these next several months and, and years in reopening stages, you should be able to address those data concerns, security and privacy concerns, even retroactively or 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 uh, or rapidly respond to them, if you would. So that brings up a really interesting point in the anti-corruption compliance world, in the financial crimes compliance world, in the export control compliance world. The regulators have made clear that whatever the economic situation you're in right now, in two, three, four years from now, if we're looking at your actions in Q2 of 2020, uh, we're not going to countenance the fact that uh, – you did not follow your internal compliance program or whatever de- uh, regulatory regime you are under, meaning you still had to do compliance. Does that hold true in your world as well? It does hold very true. In fact, a lot of folks were, were somewhat worried that given the rapid response that was necessary with COVID, that some of these privacy concerns would have been uh, laxed a bit. And no such thing happened. In fact, all of the regulatory bodies explicitly stated that there is no lax period. Yes, we are under a pandemic, but no, that does not exclude you from having to protect health information under HIPAA guidelines. No, it does not exclude you from having to adhere to CCPA GDPR. You are still very much responsible for doing doing those things. There was one resource I found on the Spirian website that I wanted to specifically ask you about, and that was the data discovery agent. I wanted to ask you what that is and what that does and how that might help someone sort of in this time frame. So what we did as part of our own community efforts to help those those organizations that were rapidly trying to respond to this is we have a program whereby they could grab that agent and they could quickly do an assessment of their environment um, and their work from home environment to understand what data is out there and how they can and how they can begin addressing it. So basically what what you can think of it as a uh, as as a version of, of the experience solution that allows them to very quickly do that without without having to fully commit to the longer term product, if you would. 
So, Gabe, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if listeners wanted more information on the Data Discovery Agent or experience a great set of resources around the coronavirus health crisis and the current economic situation, where could they go? Yeah, I appreciate it. So absolutely stop by www.experian.com. You can find us there. Uh, you can find that resource under the resource page, uh, you, right on the home page on the banner. You'll also see where that agent is. Uh, we have a podcast as well, pri- the Privacy Please podcast, where we discuss uh, privacy issues and challenges of the day with industry industry experts as well. And uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Spirian, or you can find myself at Gabriel Gunn. Well, Gabe, as we move forward into Q3 and Q4, it may be that we have new challenges in the cybersecurity and data, data privacy world. And I hope that uh, perhaps I could call upon you again for another chat. I'd love to have it. appreciate you having me on. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This podcast posts three times a week at 10 a.m. on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of each week. That's 10 a.m. Central Time. I hope you will check out our episodes as we post during this health crisis and economic dislocation. This month on The Compliance Life, I'm featuring Ryan Robillet, who talks about his journey to the CCO chair. I hope you'll join me for another episode of Compliance and Coronavirus, where I bring clarity and sanity to the business executive and compliance professional around these most serious issues. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.